Jane Marie Pritchard was a 28-year-old botany student at the University of Maryland who was working hard to earn her master's degree. She was working on a thesis paper about the little-known hog peanut and how its leaves turned toward the sun. Her studies for this plant brought her to Blackbird State Forest quite often. On September 20th, 1986, Jane was conducting her experiments in Blackbird State Forest by 7 a.m. She had her equipment set up and was steadily making entries in her research. But at 10 a.m., her entries suddenly stopped. Later that day, hikers would then discover Jane's partially clothed body laying off a trail. Authorities were quick to rule Jane Pritchard's death a homicide. There has been only one person arrested and charged for the murder, but 10 months later, the charges were ultimately dropped. Now, nearly 40 years later, the question still remains, who murdered Jane Pritchard? Welcome to another episode of Crimson Sin with Tamsin Lee. I am your host, Tamsin Lee. Full show notes and sources can be found at tamsinleecrimsonsin.podbean.com and in the description. If you haven't already checked out www.buymeacoffee.com slash Lee, you should definitely do so soon. I will be making an announcement any day now that is very exciting. Also, it is a place to stay up to date with the show. I also post behind-the-scenes videos and photos, episode transcripts, and more. Today's episode is about the murder of Jane Pritchard, which happened in 1986. Jane Pritchard's murder has become one of Delaware's most notorious cold cases, which has yet to be solved 37 years later. There are two popular theories as to what happened, however, there is not enough evidence to charge anyone for the crime. Anyone who may have information regarding the cold case of Jane Marie Pritchard is asked to call Detective Thomas Orzachowski at 302-395-8110. Tips also may be given at nccpd.com using the police force's smartphone app, through their Facebook, or to Delaware Crime Stoppers at 800-TIP-3333, 800-847-3333, and you can also visit tipsubmit.com. That is tip submit t i p s u b m i t dot com. You can also find this information in today's show notes. Jane Marie Pritchard was born in 1958 in Tacoma Park, Maryland, to Audrey and Walter Pritchard. Jane was the third of four children. She was said to have been very close to her two older brothers. Keith and Greg, and her younger sister, Beth. The four siblings grew up on a 38-acre farm near Barnesville, Maryland. According to Jane's older brother, Keith, 
She was always an outdoor person who had a deep love for horses and nature. In 1976, Jane was valedictorian of her high school class. Not long after her high school graduation, she would attend Western Maryland College. She graduated from there in 1980 with honors. Soon, she moved to Clarksburg, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C., to attend the University of Maryland to obtain her master's degree in botany with her sights set on becoming an environmental lawyer. And I'm just going to put this out there right now. I am so sorry if I am mispronouncing things. For some reason, I am having trouble pronunciating things today. For some reason, I keep getting tongue-tied while trying to talk. Her brother further stated that she was very adventurous and independent, as he recalled her taking a cross-country drive by herself after college. She always shared her mother's love of plants, and her passion for plants was very evident, as she once brought home a presentation about a recent discovery she'd made to show her entire family. While attending university, Jane worked at a prominent botanical garden in Montgomery County, Maryland called Brookside Gardens. She was very dedicated to her studies as her research brought her to Blackbird State Forest numerous times over three years. Her work was focused on a summer vine called a hog peanut or ground bean which is a native plant with edible seeds both above and below ground. Jane Pritchard was obviously a very intelligent woman who knew what she wanted in life. She was working hard to obtain her dream job. Blackbird State Forest is Delaware's northernmost state forest located on the border of Newcastle and Kent counties. It has 10 tracts totaling over 6,000 acres and contains oaks, yellow poplar, hickories, maple, and gum trees. It offers 45 miles of trails, which are used frequently for hiking, mountain biking, horseback riding, and so much more. Blackbird State Forest is just this massive recreational area that also contains campsites, picnic pavilions, and a catch-and-release fishing pond. It is also a popular destination for hunters. On September 19, 1986, Jane Pritchard loaded up her blue and white Chevrolet Blazer with her research equipment and drove to a friend's house in Lewes. This was something she did quite often as she frequently visited the state park to conduct her research. Early the next morning, she headed to Blackbird State Forest. At about 7 a.m. on Saturday, September 20th, 1986, Jane parked along an access road just south of Blackbird State Forest Road. She then began setting up her equipment, which stretched from behind her truck to about 30 yards into the woods. She was eagerly gathering the last data she needed for her thesis, with her degree expected to follow in just mere 
months. That Saturday afternoon, a couple from Perth Amboy, New Jersey, planned on taking a fall camping trip to Blackbird State Forest. After finding a spot and setting up their tent, the couple decided to take a walk. But their relaxing stroll along the trails would soon turn into a chaotic nightmare as they hurriedly ran to call the police. Roughly 20 feet from a trail, the couple discovered the partially clothed body of Jane Pritchard. Law enforcement rushed to the scene and immediately started investigating. The area surrounding the victim's body was roped off and carefully searched. Upon further inspection, authorities concluded that this was not an accidental death, nor was this an animal attack. Investigators determined that Jane was shot in the back with a shotgun. As her body was partially clothed, they felt this could suggest a sexual motivation. Soon, Jane's death would be ruled a homicide. Authorities used metal detectors and sifted through the surrounding soil in an attempt to find any clues, such as shell casings, that could potentially single out a specific murder weapon. They were able to find some pieces of evidence that were sent to the FBI in Washington for analysis. So as such, no one knew whether the evidence authorities collected could potentially point to a suspect or a weapon. However, one piece of evidence that was made public was a single piece of hair, but this still brought along another problem. In the mid-1980s, DNA testing was still in its infancy. There was only one lab in the United States where DNA testing could be performed. The hair was then shipped off to this DNA lab in California for analysis. While searching for evidence and clues, investigators were also able to determine a time frame of when this incident could have occurred. As Jane was recording data for her research, her minute-by-minute -minute recording of data suddenly stopped just a little before 10 a.m. So this gave investigators a time frame or a roundabout of when this happened to her. Authorities would soon start asking around to obtain information from anyone who may have seen or witnessed anything that morning. As September 20th was the first day of squirrel hunting season, there were many hunters in the area at the time. But even though it was hunting season, authorities ruled out the possibility of this being an accidental shooting. Which, to be honest, it would be highly unusual for someone to go squirrel hunting with a shotgun. Now, I do not know much about guns, especially when it comes to hunting. But what I do know is that shotguns tend to have a spray of pellets. And if you are planning on eating something you hunted with a shotgun, you are going to have a lot of pellets to pick out of your meal. So a shotgun on a squirrel would most likely leave nothing left from the animal to harvest from. So I highly doubt someone was 
squirrel hunting with a shotgun. So I guess this is kind of where the authorities decided to rule this out, besides of the, you know, other factor of her being partially clothed. The autopsy performed on Jane determined that she bled to death from shotgun wounds to the left shoulder and to her neck. The Monday following the incident, a hunter contacted authorities stating that he had last seen Jane alive around 10 a.m. Saturday morning. He was able to describe her clothing, her vehicle, and the scientific equipment she had with her to conduct her experiments. All of this made him a viable witness for investigators. I mean, seriously, what are the odds, right? This witness was a man in his late 20s who lived near Newark. He also worked as a janitor at a pharmaceutical company in that area. The witness told detectives that he had been hunting squirrels in the area near Jane, but she wasn't the only person he saw, as he claimed there had been another hunter nearby. Allegedly, this other man was the last person seen near Jane before she was murdered. As this man was now authorities' prime suspect, they had the witness describe the man he saw to a sketch artist. The witness described a Caucasian male, medium build, roughly 5'9 or 5'10, and he had a beard. He further stated that the alleged suspect was wearing a brown jacket and blue jeans. The sketch was then distributed to the public, released to the press, and printed on flyers in hopes that they would receive information about the individual. Authorities ended up interviewing nearly 300 people throughout the investigation. They also submitted the shotgun pellets that struck Jane to DuPont company technicians to gain more information about the murder weapon. But... It came back with nothing. Investigators interviewed the witness two more times and started to become suspicious, claiming there were some inconsistencies in what he had said. By early October, authorities charged him with first-degree murder and possession of a deadly weapon during commission of a felony. He was also held without bail. They obtained a search warrant for his home, which did not provide any fruitful evidence. So all authorities could do at this point was wait for the DNA test to come back. Investigators were just betting the entire case against the witness on a single hair sample. They literally had nothing else on the witness. They just had everything on that one hair sample. But scientists found no match between the hair sample and the witness. All charges against the witness were dropped in August 1987. The witness was imprisoned for 10 months awaiting the results from the DNA test. After his release, he stated, I would never make that mistake again. My advice is don't get involved. The witness furthered he thought it was his civic duty when he came to authorities with the information he had about Jane. 
But due to his arrest, he allegedly lost everything from his job to his apartment. Before his arrest, the witness went back to the crime scene with police to reenact his movements. Soon they started calling him every day for a week. The witness alleged that he told the investigators that he felt he was being harassed. They then told him he was no longer a suspect, but then a few days later he was arrested. According to the witness, he claimed authorities once asked if his mind might have suppressed something he didn't want to remember. He responded, but I know I consciously didn't do it. Deputy Attorney General Timothy Barron said it was his duty as a prosecutor to do justice and with this finding of the expert, justice requires the state not to proceed with insufficient evidence. Needless to say, I am very disappointed. Authorities had conducted more than 300 interviews in the case up to this point. They requested the public call with any tips and explored all of them. Unfortunately, all were dead ends. As time went on, all leads dried up or proved fruitless. Authorities working Chane Pritchard's case eventually had to move on to other crimes, making her case unsolved. Chief Colonel Elmer M. Setting of the Newcastle County Police announced the conception of a new cold case homicide squad in October 2014. Setting stated, The cold case unit was created to solidify our vigilance in identifying and arresting those who commit murder in Newcastle County regardless of when the crime occurred. The team was created with one full-time detective and a small support staff and was charged with combing through old case files for leads or identifying those that might be solved through technological advances which were not available when the crimes occurred. The first case this newly formed cold case unit was tasked with was Jane Pritchard's case. The reason Jane's case was selected first was due to DNA. The two detectives on the case believed that the evidence collected in 1986 had new potential, noting that a lot of the evidence could hold traces of DNA. Authorities have been submitting what DNA evidence they were able to recover at the time to modern DNA laboratories. but. There have been few updates. Unfortunately, none of these provided any results in determining who could have murdered Jane Pritchard. The new cold case unit contacted the Pritchard family to tell them of their newfound hope for the case. The family was said to have been happy to hear that they did not give up on Jane's case and that it was still being investigated. Keith Pritchard stated that he thought it was just astounding news, and he was flabbergasted. However, Keith also stated the police contacting him was difficult because his sister's death has certainly left scars, and hearing them discuss her murder made it feel like 
it had just happened yesterday. While some of Jane's family members became hopeful from the news, others remained skeptical. Their brother Greg was one who thought the call may have been a scam. After he had read about heartless scammers targeting victims' families after the 9-11 attacks. However, Keith worried about the stress of the renewed investigation on his parents, especially his mother, who he described as very emotional. He was also worried about getting her hopes raised, which I think we can all agree that something like this was very difficult for the family to endure. And while everyone wants justice and wants to know what happened, it is something that can bring more pain to the family who has more or less came to the terms with the fact that they may never know. So I can completely understand the children's skepticism and hesitation to raise their parents' hopes. But everyone was very interested in seeing what new information modern DNA testing could provide from the old evidence. Several of the items have been sent to undisclosed laboratories, but investigators declined to provide any details to the public. Even so, authorities are hopeful that the person responsible for Jane's death may have spilled some secrets to someone over the years. Or maybe a scorned lover may not feel it necessary to keep their silence anymore. So in this sense, authorities are really hoping on a confession or tips and leads and everything else. So we can only assume that so far they have not found anything really useful for the case. While who did it may be a mystery, Jane Pritchard's work and memory still live on today. At the Botanical Gardens where she worked, a plaque was placed in her honor. Her professor at the University of Maryland also finished Jane's thesis for her master's degree. In Jane Pritchard's case, there are only two viable theories about the incident. As I stated earlier, an accidental shooting was ruled out by authorities because no one should have been hunting squirrels with a shotgun, and she was partially clothed, suggesting sexual assault, which it was never disclosed to the public if that had happened. So. Either the witness who originally came forward murdered Jane Pritchard, or another unknown hunter did. There have been many who suggested that the witness was the one who killed her. He was arrested and charged, but eventually released due to a lack of evidence, right? And his hair was not matching the one found at the scene. However, even with this, there are some out there that still believe he had at least some involvement in the crime. The other main theory is that another hunter happened to come across Jane conducting her botany research and either attempted to sexually assault her or did and then murdered her. 
So if the police have evidence supporting sexual assault, they have kept it a secret. That is something that they are not divulging to anyone. It appears that Jane Pritchard was tragically in the wrong place at the wrong time. She was someone who was innocently working when a random passerby decided to take advantage of the situation. Unfortunately, her case is just a testament to how hard it can be to solve a murder case when the victim was a random target. As far as anyone knows, the attack was possibly unplanned and does not appear to have occurred from a person who knew Jane or from someone who knew her and would have a motive. With how large the state forest is and how many hunters were in the area, it is very hard to determine who could have possibly murdered Jane Pritchard. So authorities don't really have anything to go off of but what was there at the time. In my opinion, I do not think the witness who came forward killed Jane. It is possible he could have had some type of involvement, but but I'm not 100% sure if he really did. Since he was hunting squirrels, I do not think he would have had a shotgun. It is possible he had a shotgun with him on his person, but... I did not find anything stating what firearm the witness had with him or what he claimed to have had with him that day. But again, it appears that some key details are missing, whether from authorities keeping it hushed or from them not actually having the answers. With that said, it is possible that the witness was lying. Authorities did feel as though his story was inconsistent, but... If he did actually murder the victim, why go to the police in the first place? Why would you go to the police and be like, yeah, I saw her? It wouldn't seem very smart. And I mean, yeah, sure, it could have been a way to show his innocence by being cooperative and pinning the blame on some mysterious hunter. But still, he was still arrested in the end. So for the witness to come forward, it would seem like he would know that no one had seen him do it. He, Him and her were the only ones there. And to my mind, it doesn't really make sense. Sure, I can see that the other point that I had made where, you know, maybe it was just a whole scheme to pile on to his innocent demeanor. But again, it just kind of seems highly unlikely to me, at least. But again, he was still arrested, and with that arrest, officers alienated the only person providing them clues or answers. After his release, the witness wanted nothing to do with the case. While his story may have had some inconsistencies, authorities should have waited for more concrete evidence to emerge in order to determine if the witness was the culprit or not. So I think authorities lost someone who could have ultimately provided more help in the investigation. To me, in order for this case to be solved, it seems like there will either need to be more DNA evidence or someone 
who was there that day would need to come forward with more information. It will be a very difficult case to solve, but not entirely impossible, given the right circumstances. The sketch of the hunter who is said to have been with Jane Pritchard shortly before her murder in Blackbird State Forest on September 20th, 1986, has been re-released by the Newcastle County Police Department. They also released photographs of Jane and her truck, hoping to generate new tips. Anyone who may have information regarding the cold case of Jane Marie Pritchard is asked to call Detective Thomas Orzachowski at 302-395-8110. Tips also may be given at nccpd.com, using the police force's smartphone app, through their Facebook page, or to Delaware Crime Stoppers at 800-TIP-3333. And you can also visit tipsubmit.com. Again, this information will be posted in today's show notes. If anyone has any information regarding Jane Pritchard's murder, please help authorities and her family by providing any information you may have. Who do you think killed Jane Pritchard? Do you think it was the witness or a random hunter or maybe somebody else? Do you think it was a targeted attack or was it just an accident? Do you think this case will ever be solved? And again, I am so sorry for the incredibly short episode. I am entirely sorry. And I promise I will make it up to you for the next episode that I am currently working on. My new episode is going to be very interesting and I am really excited to share it with everyone. Thank you for listening and your support. Don't forget to like and subscribe or follow. It really helps. (laughs) And when my listeners interact, it really helps me out a lot. So please do so. I also really enjoy hearing from you guys. Stay safe and I will see you for the next episode. Bye.